0: Welcome to the History Tricks, where any resemblance to a boring old history lesson is purely coincidental.
1: So, welcome to the mini cast. We've decided to talk about some things regarding Abigail Adams and feminism. Yes. She's widely regarded by some as the mother of modern feminism, and we're not really here to tell you yeah, we one way or the other. Yeah, we could possibly do that. Um, so we're here to present some information and perhaps some links, and you can decide for yourself. I think a lot of what you're going to decide depends on your point of view. And what your definition of a feminist is. Now, the thing is, it was very common. You either submit it to your parents' will or you submitted to your husband's will. That's mm-hmm. just the way it was. Mm-hmm. And so within that framework, I do believe Abigail Adams was, let's call her maybe a proto-feminist. Mm-hmm. She, her whole life, advocated for the education of girls, not just to become wives and mothers, but to I make agree. them more valuable partners mm-hmm. of, to their husbands and more valuable members of society. She did not advocate taking the place of men anywhere you know in congress or or anything she often complained though that courage is laudable in men but not in women Hmm. so she was always questioning why is it that you get commendation for bravery and for forthrightness and i'm condemned for the same behavior so Mm -hmm. she always questioned that john adams i hate to say he was tolerant but really i guess if you were another man looking at him he was tolerant Uh, of his wife's thoughts
0: and that's what attracted To mm-hmm. her in the first place is
1: that she had these thoughts and she could express herself and she had an intellect. And he would tease her, but I'm not sure she took it as teasing. But he would write, um, you have a habit of reading and thinking and writing that's inexcusable in a lady. <laughs> and let's hope, based on the previous correspondence, that that was joking. Mm-hmm. But if you just cut out that sentence from yeah. all his letters, he doesn't come off very supportive, does he? No, he doesn't. She actually saw her own marriage as liberating. I think she was conscious of the way that John Adams mirrored her father's behavior in his tolerance mm-hmm. of her, her intellectual pursuits, maybe, and her mother's intolerance. So she actually left behind someone that didn't support her to join up with one that did.
0: I think that she saw in her life that equality and supporting each other to a greater good within her family. I mean, she, she did all that work, but she wanted her husband back. She wanted her partner. She wanted her and John to work together. A lot of times you think of feminist as, you know i can do it all myself we can do it you know you know women are are have the strength of men which they do but when they work together the strength is so much greater and they could and if if it worked within her marriage why couldn't it work for the mm-hmm. the country as a whole? I don't know that she's waving her feminist banner as much as she's saying let's work together. Let me re- recommend a book. Um, it is written by Edith Edith Gellis. It is from 1992. It's it's back a little bit, but it's uh, Portia: The World of Abigail Adams, and uh, she really discusses. Whether or not Abigail was a feminist in the in the true sense of the word throughout the this this research, so that's just a good book if you're yeah. And most. please Abigail go Adams and read really the like letters yourself because it, they're not that long, longer than we have time for today. You know, when you talk to people, this is one of the things that they, that Abigail Adams is remembered for is the quote, "Remember the ladies, Abigail Adams, remember the ladies." This is where it comes from. It's a letter that she wrote to John Adams um, in 1776. So pivotal year in our history and and she writes to john she says i long to hear that you have declared an independency and by the way in the new code of laws which i suppose it will be necessary for you to make i desire that you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husbands now that's powerful opening paragraph, you know she's saying it is yeah, hello, don't forget the rest of the country, the other the other half and and don't do what has been done before.
1: So that seems to be advocating women's suffrage and mm-hmm. equality. Now, the very last paragraph of that same letter, though, kind of puts an insight into the framework in which she's writing this letter because at the very last she said, Do regard us as beings placed by providence under your protection and in imitation of the supreme being make use of that power only for our happiness. Hmm. Hmm. So that doesn't really
0: seem like she's saying make us equals. She's saying remember us. As, as we are serving you and be kind to us. Uh,
1: yeah. So that's the thing. You're going to have to read that whole read letter it. and
0: then read the next one because John Adams basically laughs at her. As to your extraordinary code of laws, he says, I cannot but laugh. So he is having some issue with it. But you know what? You need to read the letters yourself and we will absolutely um, link you up to them and, and get yeah. you, get you to read them because you I do th- need to read these. He says, we have only the name of our masters, and rather than give up this, which would completely subject us to the despotism of the petticoat.
1: Despotism of the petticoat does I not Pope sound General like I General
0: Washington on all our brave heroes would fight. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So he's basically saying, yeah. You're ridiculous. He's patting her on the head. We're not going to let a bunch of skirts push us around. But she said it. And she wanted it. No, she did ready. say it. And so, she threatened to make that letter a little public and never did. But she did vent to her friend Mercy Warren about that. She did. <laughs> she vented about that, his response to that letter. But then she wrote back to John about, you know, okay, then I'll be content with influencing you
0: or whatever. So, <laughs> Wait, her first paragraph in the next letter says, I cannot say that I think you are very generous to the ladies, for whilst you are proclaiming peace and goodwill to men, emancipating all nations, you insist on retaining an absolute power over wives. So, she's making her point, um.
1: No, um, here's another, is she or isn't she? that I had written down. Well, she was um, she was a revolutionary in political terms, like I said. She was for the regime change, but she was not necessarily for social revolution, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in any way. And on other occasions, she had written that she wasn't prepared to advocate a radically different position for women. Um, legal and social status for women, in her mind, wasn't incompatible with their place in the social sphere. Mm-hmm. To that effect, she did advocate feminism but with a knowledge that each sex had its own strengths
0: mm-hmm. which jesus. is actually very biblical is it yes it is and and that's a that's also a um chapter that uh, verses that get taken kind of out of context in the bible you know wives submit to your husbands well the next chapter is husbands te- treat your wives as jesus teaches the church huh. so if, she, if your husband is treating you with that respect it, you can submit with your whole heart because you know it's an equal partnership.
1: So maybe that whole thing came from her upbringing. Yeah.
0: Okay. I absolutely think so.
1: Well, um, she did tell John that the Republic ought to have learned women as well as heroes and statesmen and philosophers. She believed that the early education of women was key to the success of any republic mm-hmm. because that was part, the missing half of the virtuous society that would keep the power in check. Right. Which is hilarious that she thinks power in check, and here <laughs> she is kicking people out of the country for writing a cartoon. But whatever. <laughs> so she, she, you know... Oh, we all have our crown, our lines we won't cross. <laughs> <laughs> now, she did have some... I, they, knew, they weren't officially blue stockings yet. She did have some, um, correspondence. That and what is a blue stocking? A, a blue stocking, I guess, is a disparaging term for a feminist. Um, although I would like some blue stockings. I know. Let's embrace it. Let's okay. Have them. Let's go for it. So she did have, um, three. Mercy Otis Warren, who wrote many things political. She had her Catherine McCauley correspondent, who also were very strong advocates for female education, those two, in addition to political reform. So she had correspondence that perhaps might be pointed to as being more feminist than herself. Perhaps mm-hmm. she didn't have the nerve to go all the way. She didn't have a desire to go all the way into feminism. And she also corresponded She with, was busy. She was busy. She also corresponded with um, Mary Wollstonecraft, who is a very famous oh. feminist. It's not deniable that no. she's a feminist. Her most famous work is called Vindication of the Rights of Women. And part of that was how... Let's, I'm trying to think how to put this delicately. How, what's the point of a reputation if your action if if it's just keeping yourself moral in the eyes of human beings then who cares mm-hmm. do what you want to do then but be true to yourself kind of yeah. I, I that's a very yeah, we need to spend another hour just on, on i definitely her. want to and cover we will, her. absolutely. but i will say abigail's correspondence with her does give you some thought that she might have feminist leanings mm-hmm. But do, but do, we'll put links up to all the things, and um I believe I found a website where you could read Vindication of the Rights of Women online for free. I think it's in the public domain at this point, so if I do um, locate that website where you could. Now, it's not a Kindle. You actually have to kind of flip, like, proto-pages on mm-hmm. the Internet, which mm-hmm. is so, whatever, yeah. 2008. <laughs> but um I think you you might find it very interesting. The language is a little um, bombastic and hard to get past sometimes. Like,
0: And actually, there are some other um, websites that, that we're going to link you up to. I, I found a really cool one. It's called Blog or Die. It's a historian's journey through the revolution. And this guy is a uh, documentary filmmaker, and, and it's kind of a – his whole site is really neat. Uh, PBS actually did an American
1: experience on John and Abigail. And there's a couple of books, in addition to the one I talked about before, called Dearest right. Friends, The Letter of John. On Abigail Adams. There's mm-hmm. another one called Dearest Friend, A Life of Abigail Adams by Lynn Withy, W I T H E Y, that's very easy to read. It has um, pictures of Nabby, um, the daughter. It's so beautiful. There's another book called The Intimate Lives of the Founding Fathers that has a chapter on John Adams, which, since they're the party of two, really, really, really includes Abigail because they're the party of two. Mm-hmm. She's in everything, every single thing. And um, it'll actually kind of give you a good overview of the first ten presidents. Um, So it's kind of the Cliff Notes versions of what we've been talking about. If you don't have the time to read the whole book, just go for that one. And there's one
0: more. um, It's Abigail and John Portrait of a Marriage by Edith Gillis,
1: G-E-L-L-E-S. And it is a great, another great book. Now The one thing I can take away from, from this subject, which I think is so fascinating, is it History is definitely not full of dry, paper, stiff, starched-up dudes. Mm -mm. Especially not uh, how you're taught in high school and even college. It's Mm -hmm. just like you just think these are wooden people with some kind of high ideal with nothing else going on. But this story of Abigail and John really, really tells you Mm -hmm. that our country was born through real people who made real choices mm-hmm. and real sacrifices to get things done and um it's just so interesting to get that 360 degree view right and to take them off the
0: like you said off the, the portrait the two portraits that are out there of abigail yeah. adams and give her a backbone and give her character and and you can only yeah i took i took that away as a matter of fact i took away looking at dot money different because i'm looking at the faces on the money different
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't have time to go to the library, just get in your purse. Yes, right. <laughs> and look <laughs> at some money. S- go study some presidents. <laughs> well, thank you again for listening. For show notes and links to the things we talked about today, please visit us at thehistorychicks.com. Follow us on Twitter at The History Chicks. With, with an, an X. X. Or like us on Facebook without an X. If you'd like to see in real life, please tell a few friends or leave a review for us on iTunes. The music on our podcast comes courtesy of Music Alley. Visit them at music.mevio.com.